God. Well, okay. Um, did you prepare any welcome words? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. So iconic. Love that for us. I figured we would just introduce ourselves. I mean, yeah. This is this is you know this is a test run. This is very rough. I've been actively like telling people we're going to attempt to record a podcast. So if this ever gets heard, that is great. Um. Have you heard of a little thing called The Secret? Is that like the Oprah thing? Yes. <laughs> Wait, have you read The Secret? No, but um, uh, you know what they say. It's like to make things happen, you have to have a vision board, which I do not have. I was going to say, neither do I. <laughs> I was going to say, if you came... If you came to this with a vision board and no intro, I was going to lose my mind. Who has a vision board? I guess that's Pinterest these days, but it's in my head. And it's kind of like, you know, just wing it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Remember when you said I was Eeyore? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I should. we should probably give the listeners some backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Becca and I have been friends for... How long? Uh, Did you just punch your microphone? Yes. She's already mad. She's like <laughs> thinking back to our like childhood friendship and beating a microphone. Um, for I don't freaking know. It's been. Like, I have the worst memory, and I'm gonna say it's a minimum of ten years. It's between ten and twelve years. That's insane. Yeah, it's uh, it's like kind of we kind of like became good friends right around the time this album came out. Oh my god, yes, jinkies! It's perfect. Wow. Okay, so wait before we talk about the album, we should intro each other ourselves. Do you want to go first, and you can do you or me, whatever you want. Uh, this is Becca High. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, and who am I? That's yeah, a secret I'll never credits. tell. XOXO. The secret. <laughs> God, so <laughs> I pray to God this is entertaining for anyone else out there other oh than goodness. us. Okay, and who okay. am I? Becca High. Who is that? Okay. Carl Kuhn. <laughs> All right. Hi, my name is Carl Kuhn. Um, I sing and play drums in a band called Museum Mouth. I make solo music under the name Gay Meat. I originally started at Rockstar It Sucks uh, on Instagram when I would use when I used to commute to work. I would I had revived my old high school iPod and I would review the albums on it. So that's where all this started. If you're coming into this from that, thank you for bearing with my long radio silence in terms of album reviews. I also recently just restored my uh, old high school iTunes library, which I feel like we have a lot of the same stuff. So Yeah. Becca posted a vid on her Instagram story of her scrolling through her um, iTunes library, and I was like, okay, wow, yes, this is my iPod. Let's make the podcast happen. Yeah. It's, so here we are. It's crappening. We are gathered here today on Zoom to discuss an album that I have already reviewed on Instagram, but we felt like would be an amazing jumping off point, which is Grand by 
Matthew and Kimberly, a.k.a. Matt and Kim. Beautiful. Uh, Full-length album that came out in 2009. I was 16 when this came out. I was 19. Don't rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So what is 16? Like, I mean, what grade are you in when you're 16? What is 16? 10th? Mm. Sophomore in high school? Are you? I feel like you're junior. 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 or junior in high school. Yeah. I definitely feel like I was driving around in my first car listening to this album a lot. Uh, this is i feel like i it's like um it's biased because it's our generation but i feel like this is amazing this was amazing driving music when it came out yeah in such happy times remember obama was president and (laughs) people are gonna come for you on twitter for saying that it was better when obama was president but whatever um and I mean, I was deeply depressed, but unaware of it yet. So, you know. We didn't have the words for it. Like, it just better times all around. I wasn't self-aware of, like, how miserable life was. (laughs) Totally. There's, like, a good amount of, like, fun naivety that I associate with this record on my behalf. But I also feel like now, as a 30-something, like, listening to this, I feel like there is, like, a fun naivety to the sound of this album, even. I mean... My takeaway after listening to this album recently as an adult is that this album is for babies. Becca! (laughs) (laughs) Matthew and Kimberly will listen to this. But, like, it's so happy. And just, like, if you examine the lyrics, it's literally just, like, naming random things half the time. And so happy-go-lucky and I'm just like what is that like for them they seem like nothing really bothers them in the world they have two houses wait are you talking about now or then they have a house in New York and LA uh as human beings in 2020 yes how could they have ever known that that was their future in 2009 when they were recording this? It's so annoying. It's just... <laughs> okay. You have a personal vendetta <laughs> from your current lot in life that you're trying to take out on these nice people. Okay. Yeah, they're nice. But I'm like, come down come down to earth for a second where like, there's so many problems. But like, okay, music has these phases like what is popular at the time goes hand in hand with what is going on like politically in the world and just like in general so maybe since everything was happy-go-lucky in 2009 it it like made sense but well I just think I feel like in 2009 you could have never ever foreseen how shitty life would be in 2020 (laughs) oh I did (laughs) 16-year-old Becca driving, listening to this record, being like, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, I think, it'd be, <laughs> I think it would be fun. Okay, so that was all just to get some backstory on Becca. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so I think it would make sense for us to go track by track. Yeah. Track okay. by track, track after nine. <laughs> Becca, did you have your after nines when this album came out? Did I have what? Your after nines on your license. Oh, 
my God, I was just thinking about that and what a dumb (laughs) thing it was to not be able to drive. Like, is this everywhere or is it only like middle of nowhere, North Carolina? Like, I was gonna say I have I have made jokes about after nines on tour before, and it falls on deaf ears in some parts of the country. So after nines, when you got your learning, <laughs> your license, license, or was it your permit? Uh, there was after nines on your permit and your license. It was like the first six months you couldn't drive after nine p.m. <laughs> Because of all the vampires? <laughs> I would love to hear, like, a teenage punk band song about, like, wishing they had their after nines. That... Like, you know, like, their after nines are oppressing them. My... They really were, as... <laughs> thinking about how much better my life got when I could drive after 9 p.m. And how much I missed out on because all of y'all lived, like near things on the way to things and meanwhile i missed out on so many things because no one could like come pick me up or like give me a ride because we lived out in the middle of nowhere it's true y'all were cornfield vibes um becca and i are both from if you're not if you don't know us personally becca and i are both from rural north carolina um becca being 20 minutes down the road from me and a little bit more rural of a spot than me living in downtown southport north carolina not just cornfield vibes like literally lived across a cornfield yeah becca's house was right uh, directly across the street from a cornfield a really pretty field but okay so basically i just want to say something since we're going down the list now um i saw matt and kim live right before this album came out it was like the day that daylight premiered as a single daylight being the opening track on this album and i remember watching the video for it and being like wow this slays i'm so excited to see this band and then going and seeing them and they didn't play that song they didn't play daylight no i don't think so i'm like 90 percent sure they didn't which i guess it makes sense because they it was a tour for the album before this where did you see them I saw them at Cat's Cradle. They were on tour with that rap group, The Cool Kids. <gasps> I know. Holy crap. I know, right? Memory unlocked. Ugh. Whew. Okay. Um, but I hear their live shows are really fun. Matt and Kim? Yeah. It was like a it was like a it was it was a blast, a literal blast. And then I saw this band again later opening for Blink-182. Oh, yeah. I was reading yeah. about that, how they opened for them. You seeing them live, it's before the series of Kim tearing her ACL. Remember? When did this happen? What? Oh, my God. It's like this whole thing. She just, I think it was last year she tore her ACL for like the second time. But Ooh. I remember watching... Ugh this youtube video of them like on tour it was like a show in mexico or something and she like jumped off the the kick drum as she does and like or no that was the second time she tore it first time was like (laughs) she landed weird or was like trying to avoid a fan like a physical fan on stage with blades yeah (laughs) okay and she like fucked up her knee and 
and yeah it's it was like the world ended and then she just like tore her other acl or something i don't I know like you talking about this is i am remembering this being a thing at some point in time but was it like was it on tour for this album or was it like later in their career you don't know we don't uh know. it was later okay maybe well, okay, so i have no idea <laughs> Anyway, Daylight is okay, an iconic yeah. opening track. It's literally so good. It felt, I remember just hearing it for the very first time being like this band, who I was a fan of the record before this. And I had listened to the EP that came before that, I believe. But um, I remember just hearing the song and being like, this band leveled the fuck up. But, like this song is really good and really cool and introducing a lot of different kind of elements of sound that wasn't really in like the more punk-ish um, ethos of the album before this. Yeah, uh, my first thought when playing Daylight and listening to it now was, oh, dear God, Matt's way of singing and his voice, <laughs> like... It's very pinched nostrils it up is in the head insane. voice. insane. You know that, like, running joke that happened because of Vine where it was like, I'm an indie singer and they would do like the female indie singer being like, eh, blah, blah, blah. where they talk about how she's singing in cursive. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Matt, I'm just like, where is the criticism for Matt being like, we got the legs up the puppets. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can't understand half the things he's saying. And it's like so over enunciated and it just like, blew my mind i was like oh dear god like i forgot how extreme it was but like yeah that is like an inflection that is lost now for sure it's uh (laughs) but daylight i feel like was it it was on like wasn't it on like a lot of commercials Yes, it had it had commercial spots. Um, the wiki says what commercials it was in, but it was basically like, like that era. Like the joke in indie rock was like you were writing songs for car commercials, and people still make that joke now. But like it was real back then. Yeah, uh, I remember finding a website where it listed every song on this album and like what shows it was featured in and Gossip Girl. Okay, a callback call to you 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Apparently, Gossip Girl, whoever the music supervisor was, was a big fan of Matt and Kim, which is wild. I mean, it feels, I think, I associate that show with this era. It's the same timeline, is it not? I'm just like, where does it fit in the show, though? Yeah, that's really <laughs> a great point. Like, um, basically, like, like low, lo-fi indie rock party rockers vibes where in Gossip Girl do go. I don't know. It was. I guess we have to rewatch the show. It was in Community, which like makes sense, and I binge watched Community during this lockdown which turns out to be a really funny show but they featured daylight i think in the pilot and then also another song maybe in like the end credits yeah okay well anyway daylight rocks if we're okay what sorry i was gonna mention i found out that uh it was featured in the sims 3 world adventures sung in simlish and uh, by them by the artists 
I, they usually have the artists do it. As someone who uh, worked on The Sims. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was interrupting you to say is that for those who don't know, Becca has experience working on The Sims. And my old manager would, uh, part of her job was sitting down and rewriting like popular songs in Simlish because The Sims World has their own lexicon. And for each pack, they usually try to get like a popular band at the time. Like Tegan and Sarah was one that they did. I mean, famously, there's that bit of Katy Perry doing TGIF. Yes, see? Yeah. So like, it it had to be them singing. Dude, that's kind of crazy to think, that's actually just truly wild to think that Matt and Kim were popular enough at the time to occupy a space that would one day be occupied by Katy Perry. And then also I know Carly Rae, <laughs> Jepsen. That's wild to me. Is that not wild to you? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I think we thought this band was a lot more underground. than So underground. Like, yeah. Yeah. But also, I remember the the friend group I had in high school, like after introducing them to Matt and Kim, they were obsessed. It was just a yeah. matter of like discovering them and then you know who wouldn't especially at the age of 16 17 whatever who wouldn't like matt and kim yeah that's i feel like i I don't it's been a long time since i've been in high school but does it work like that still where like one person's kind of like bringing the culture into the classroom to share with their friends (laughs) or is it just like everyone's on their phone like absorbing the culture um I guess we don't know. Oh, my God. Ew. Like, imagine knowing a high schooler now. How weird is I that? work with high schoolers <laughs> now. How dare you? Maybe we'll have one of them on the pod and ask them how it works. Everyone's just on TikTok now. Also, where's yeah. what culture is there to bring oh into God, high school? Oh, my God. There's so much culture. What was the culture in our high school to bring? It in? was this. <laughs> It was literally music like this. Maybe maybe to you. To me, uh, it's a different story. Cause... Okay, well, for me in high school, I was trafficking music like this into the classroom all the time. There was an embargo on it. I would only share this sort of stuff with people I thought were deserving of it. Mm. And then when they tried to like this band more than me, I would say, no, no, no. I like this band more than you. <laughs> But anyway, okay, so okay. Daylight, Daylight, opening track on Grand by Matt and Kim. Does it rock or does it suck? It rocks. I think it rocks. Yeah. It rocks. <laughs> yes. All right. T, love that. All right. Moving on. Second track, Cut Down. Um. <laughs> okay, before you say something mean, before you say something mean, I want to say the first, my first listen through of this record as a teen when it came out. I this was my favorite song. Um this was not my favorite song, but in my notes I wrote down is this song about driving? Are they at a stoplight? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say as I I feel like this is a lot of this record cuz I feel like they toured extensively. I'm under the impression that you toured extensively for the first record, so I feel like a lot of this was probably written on tour. And this song to me feels like a song about being on tour. Um there's a Mm, yeah true but like it's definitely about sitting at a stoplight i think <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, they're counting down until the light turns green. Yes, because, oh my god, uh, the check the checkered flag means we've just begun. Let's cut it down. Let's cut it down, and we cut down the day in my old van. Uh. Counting. I'm like one of those people that whenever a band, whenever an artist sings about being in a van, I'm like, okay, they're on tour. I can relate to that. Oh my god, my like, little pea brain, <laughs> like been there, done that. Definitely relate to this 100. Yeah. Oh my god, this is literally a song about me. I've been in a van. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's like all I have. Where I was just like, they're at a stoplight. And okay, so that concept uh, to me, like writing a song about being at a stoplight, is really funny. You don't love. I don't love. Also, okay, the so, like uh, clap, clap, yeah part is is also kind of funny to me. Well, at the time, there wasn't a lot of that going on in indie rock. There was a lot of cheerleading in indie rock, and I feel like it became more common after Matt and Kim did a. Did it though? I don't know. <laughs> Were they the pioneers <laughs> I, in cheerleading and indie rock? Yes, Matt and Kim invented cheerleading and indie rock. Shit. Well, then. Track two, cut down. Does it rock or does it suck? It sucks. I think it rocks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Track three, good old fashioned nightmare. This was my favorite song, at least one of my favorite songs off this album. I was going to say, I remember you liking this song a lot. Yes. It was like, it's such a good melody, like vocal melody. And then it was all, I feel like this song was also in the media a lot. Or am I imagining that? I know, I know another song on this record, Lessons Learned, was like the song that ended up becoming huge. But I do, I feel like I remember the song, this might have been like the second song that premiered off this album, maybe? Yeah. I don't, It had yeah, to be I remember, the, the second single, probably. I remember at the time, we would both, like, we were absorbing this record as it came out, and I remember, like, being obsessed with the fact that they recorded this at, like, Matt's childhood home. <laughs> what? Triggered. No, doing my research for this album, the amount of times I've read the phrase, this was recorded in Matt's childhood Vermont bedroom, I was like, if I read this statement one more time, I get it. <laughs> They're really trying to shove the fact that Matt is from Vermont down your throat <laughs> <laughs> and lives in New York now. Yeah. Uh... It was recorded in his childhood bedroom in Vermont. Well, I mean, I feel like at the time that was like kind of a newer. I I feel like this was one of the first times I absorbed an album that that was like a big selling point. It kind of like opened a door to me where I was like, oh, like if Matt and Kim can self-record and release this album that sounds really good and is getting like good reviews and I love as a teen, then like I could do that too. Yeah. And they like didn't even know their instruments either. Which, yeah. like, annoys me, but is also, like, cool. <laughs> I remember I remember this band kind of, like, became popular in, like, fest punk world. I know they played, like, a fest earlier on in the fest history, in the fest lexicon. And I remember I had a lot of Florida friends in, like, the punk community that were like, this band rocks, they're really cool. They're, like, not 
amazing at their instruments but it like is energetic and you can tell there's like a ton of potential there and i remember like falling in love with this band under those premises and then watching them level up with this album being like holy shit yeah like this is a, literally a hip-hop drum beat and it's like does kim is kim kim's doing this right now she's doing this she's going there it's cool it was exciting yeah i feel like it's foreshadowing because have you listened to any of their newer stuff not super super new stuff i'm proving myself to be a bad fan now but i did do like the next two albums after this and like i don't you know as the sheen got glossier i was like happy for them but like you know they when the sheen gets glossier you bring in fans that replace people like me right that's fine yeah i think i only listened to them like until the album after grand but just looking on youtube and hearing snippets of their newer music i'm just it's so car commercially well i would say that you know it worked for them on this album so they stuck with it yeah, <laughs> let's just say their new stuff is definitely not for me. I mean, okay. taste change. I loved this album when I was 16. Now I'm like, some parts of it are sort of cringy to me. But I feel like that's normal. I'm like literally 30. No, so, I like... must have great music taste my entire <laughs> life and not be embarrassed by anything I've ever listened to. <laughs> okay, well, you're proving to be mildly embarrassed of this album. <laughs> <laughs> I think this song, I think Good Old Fashioned Nightmare by Matt and Kim, I think this song rocks. Oh, it rocks. Okay, hell yes. All right, Spare Change, track four. This was another favorite song of mine because it's the only one that doesn't sound like obnoxiously cheery to me yeah it's a down tempo jam it's only clapping right it's stomp clap vibes yes yeah which it's like like what would later go on to define hey ho by the lumineers oh god i do you think matt and kim paved the way for the lumineers shit I don't, I don't expect you to answer that because no. I don't think it's true, but... I think Edward, what do you call them? Edward Shart. And the... <laughs> <laughs> Magnetic cornrows. <laughs> we gotta cut that out. <laughs> okay, uh, to, anyway, if this stays in, I want to just justify that those words came out of my mouth when I was like 18 or 19, so... Wow, that's impressive you remember that. <laughs> but I remember just being like a teen and being like, these are words that sound like that. Yeah. Which, speaking of, that's, uh, I feel like a lot of the lyrics on this album are just like, let's rhyme words together. That's sort of relate. I definitely agree with that statement. And I was going to say something about that. I was going to make sure that was a talking point today. But then I started thinking about poetry. And a lot of poetry (laughs) is just that. So is Matt just a poet? For babies. Okay, Queen, be nice to him. I'm not, not if saying you're Matt, I love you. But that's not a negative thing. I'm not calling Matt a baby or Kim a baby. I'm just saying it. They make music for babies. Matt, if you're listening, my friend Becca says, "Grow the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> he was. They were my age when they made this album, mm-hmm. which, like, where I'm at in life 
at this age. I could not fathom writing a record like this and being like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm just a different person, but also yes, it just seems like a much younger person wrote this record. Yes, I will agree with that. When when we were before we started recording today, we were talking about the age of these two humans, and uh, I we were both kind of surprised at like the age they were when this album was written and came out. So I do agree with that statement. But I also feel like, I you know this was I was even going to say like later on talking about lessons learned, like the music video for this. It's like this was like before smartphones, really. So. I feel like nowadays with like the with the fact that everyone has a smartphone, God, I sound incredibly boomer, but like with the fact that everyone has a smartphone, it's like I feel like we're all just more depressed because we're absorbing more constantly because we have to because it's in front of us. Like, you know, if you didn't watch the news in 2009, then you didn't really have to be depressed about the current state of things as a white person living in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like it's it, it it's graded on a curve in terms of their age as it relates to having written lyrics like this, in my opinion. Yeah. Also being that age and living in Brooklyn would probably be pretty sick. So, um, (laughs) you know. Okay, spare change. Does it rock or does it suck? It rocks. I think it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't really hit me as hard as like... um, you know, more the other more down-tempo song on this record. To me, it's like I would... I think that song rocks more than this one, but this song is fine. This song is not a boot by any means. It's just good. Good song. Mm -hmm. Okay. So some things don't rock or suck. They're just fine. And this song is just fine. Okay. Okay. Track five, I Wanna. This song gave me a panic attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's chaos. Oh, my God. I... I... I don't even know what to say because the whole time I was listening to it, I just felt my heart beat getting faster and faster and being like, ah, God, I don't know. Um, Also, the mix on this is kind of (laughs) weird. In what way? Like, it's very empty in some places. Hold on. I'm going to, like, play a little bit in my head. Well, I think... I think a lot of it is like keyboard lead and drums. There's not like a lot of chord happening underneath it. Right. There's like chords happening when you get to, I guess it's the chorus, like the slower part, the cut time part. Yeah. And um, so I feel like that makes it more lush there. But during the verses, it's very sparse. Yeah. It's I, You can't see this, but my hands are going like little crazy, little crazy. So my hands are doing little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> The razzle-dazzle hands. Yeah, it's very that. I also wrote down what the fuck is the third verse about. and it- Okay, read me some lyrics because it's not coming off the top of my head and I have too many windows open. This is the... Wait, there is not a third verse. There is a second verse. <laughs> um, <laughs> it says, I want to bring back the bison. I want to try. I want to close up the cabinets before I die. Before I die. Okay, wait. I I don't hate those lines. What is the bison about? Well, I don't know. Ask Matthew. I want to bring back the bison. I mean, they are missing in a lot of states, in a lot of parts of the United States where they used to be. 
Are they? Matt paid attention in world history or U.S. history class. That's what he's saying. He wants to bring them back. But he also he wants, wants to try to, to bring them back. He knows it's a hard undertaking. He wants to close the cabinets, which I appreciate. There's nothing quite unsettling as walking into a kitchen and all the cabinets are open. Um, <laughs> Haunting aura. It's spooky season. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they live together. Maybe Kim yelled at him at one point in time for leaving the cabinets open. A lot of men do that. I've lived with straight men. They do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the song just feels like a panic attack. Yeah, this song is chaos. I want to specifically point out that, like, in the middle of some of the breaks in the verse, when the kick drum does that, duh, 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 that yeah. is, oh my god, I can see, I can see the drummer, I can see Kim like standing up, like doing that with like just her right foot, like frenetically, and just it being chaos. As a drummer myself, I would like not, I would do that as like a showman thing, be like, this is gonna look crazy on stage. People are gonna be like, oh, wow, this is. I'm feeling this because like the energy is palpable, but I wouldn't want to do it because it is probably tiring. Yeah, that's most things in my life that I okay. don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to track five. Does it rock or does it suck? Uh, I'm personally going to say it sucks because uh, panic attacks suck. And Yeah, she's a chill girl. <laughs> <laughs> and... um. That's what it felt like, and I don't enjoy panic attacks. I'm gonna say this song rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I think this song sells what I think this song knows what it's selling, and it sells it well. I think it rocks for people who don't have panic attacks. Okay, final that's that's their final answer on that. The verdict, the jury's in, she hits the gavel. I wanna is for a panic attack. Um, aficionados people that love them people that stand them okay anyway track six lessons learned uh kim's beautiful voice finally hitting our ears in such Truly a lovely gorgeous. melody it is like birds singing heaven on, on earth beautiful afternoon uh another favorite of mine probably yeah this song is to me this is like I hate I hate when people like listen to an album and they're like that's that band's best song because that's just your opinion yeah really but this song I think we could all agree that this song is like up there in terms of just like magic occurred when this was written and recorded yeah the um the keyboard after the second chorus the like high like warbly thing yeah it's, it's- it's so beautiful. It's, it's real nice. <laughs> it, like, adds a lot of atmosphere that I feel like... Um, I feel like they, like, really kind of started fucking with atmosphere on this album. Right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, the Volta for Becca. This is, like, where she stopped caring about, like, fun music and was like, oh, atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> she discovered it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Matt and Kim are the ones who made me discover atmosphere. What if I Not credited like Beach House? Yeah, what if I credited anything? them for me, like, getting into ambient music and, like, making my own? <laughs> I was like, what's your, what was your big influence on, like, creating your own ambient music? Oh, Matt and Kim. <laughs> Stop. 
Now you have to say that. <laughs> you can, or honestly, you can go on the record and say whatever, and I'll just go behind you and be like, oh, yeah, whatever the interview's about. I'll be like, oh, yeah, my friend Becca, do y'all know her? She makes ambient music. She credits Matt and Cam as a huge intro. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like two truths and a lie. That's my truth. One of my truths. Yeah. But uh, looking at the lyrics, it's like, okay, yeah, they're really simple, but also they they hit deep in how simple they are like thinking about tomorrow won't change how i feel today it's like oh are we getting a little personal here (laughs) yeah so i think we established earlier that matt is indeed a poet okay and (laughs) in this song this is where he's like hitting his stride where it's like okay the poetry is here he has delivered the poetry right and uh i've read pitchfork's review of this album it's really short yeah they gave it a 7.3 and what struck me is that it states that this album features some of the band's most personal lyrics Okay, as someone who is, I the eye roll I just did, you guys can't see it, but as someone who has existed in like music criticism world for a long time, both in front of it and behind it, a lot of bands get that phrase thrown at them over lines that are like, I ate food with a fork today and stuff like that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what I said when I read that because like... that's the deepest lyric to me it's like thinking about tomorrow won't change how i feel today when every other line in the song is i slept in i stayed up all night i slept in all day tape holds things that cannot stick and leave leftovers in the fridge right yeah deeply personal song right but regardless, I do think the song is very good. And I think that we would be remiss to not talk about the music video <gasps> for the song. The freaking music video. <laughs> Didn't they win like a VMA for this or something? I believe so. Definitely some award. I think it was a VMA for like best new artist or best new video or something. Is that even a thing? God, I'm like, let's look. What are I don't the, want to sound like What fool, even fool. are the VMAs? I don't know. Well, nowadays, it's just a commercial for Lady Gaga, but I'm not complaining about that. True. Um, a music video is made for the songs Lesson Learned in Daylight and the video for Lessons Learned Matt and Kim. Blah, blah, blah. Lessons Learned won the award for Breakthrough Video at the 2009 MTV Video Music Awards. Yeah, I I rewatched it and I was like, God, this is insane. Like it's real. For some reason, back in the day, I was like, this isn't real. This is fake. I feel like we were both very skeptical. Yeah, but like, I just can't. I can't imagine the the bravery of stripping down naked in the middle of New York and just well, like Kim's not naked. She's wearing socks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which she looks great at. Yeah. And then just, oh, God. It's, like, so scary. It's a um, it's a raw and vulnerable moment, <laughs> most definitely. Also, do we think she really got hit by the bus at the end? Bitch, is that a real question? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I Matt and Kim about paved the, the way. You clearly didn't watch the end of the vid. What? 
and nothing. Uh, so Matt and Kim paved the way for Becca's ambient career and also for Regina George's impact. Was this pre or post Mean Girls? Post. Oh, God. Okay. So, lessons learned. Does it rock or it sucks? It fucking rocks. It rocks. Rocks hard. Okay. Track seven. Don't slow down. Don't slow down. Da, 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 da. <laughs> a literal march uh, I mean he really is just naming random things to basically a march butter and honey oh my god hoodies and chuck tees. it's literally just a list of things <laughs> what's wrong with the list <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's a lot of great list songs this what's is, the, this um, is a prime example of music for babies like lock knees no keys brooklyn grand street four flights late nights black socks white dice i'm just gonna stop you right there no babies walking up four flights of stairs <laughs> but it's just a naming... four floor walk up that's not in a baby's life <laughs> it's naming things it's like you're teaching your baby words yeah but i mean again i'm sorry i have to defend it there are a lot of great songs that are just lists. I it's mean, the end of the world as we know it by REM. I think that's the name of that song. That's the thesis of that song, at least. But that song's a list. Physical, mental, pen versus pencil. <laughs> I don't make the rules. That's Listen, not a list. oh my God, gardens and trash cans, hoodies and chuck tees, arms, fingers, and hands. Don't slow down. How- okay, yeah, that is very hot crossbones of them. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I'm just gonna go ahead, ahead and say it. The song rocks. Okay, yeah, it rocks because the chorus is good. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it fucking goes. Yeah, you want to literally pogo on a pogo stick or in a crowd. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right, track eight, turn this boat around. I wrote, these people aren't depressed. (laughs) Wait, for this song? Yes. This is the most depressed person song on the record. Okay, it sounds that way, but like... You guys can't see this, but Becca is really reading these (laughs) lyrics. Becca, do you need your glasses? (laughs) (laughs) But like... The, the chorus is just la 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 see the fight make the best of it and good night like the whole I think the just make the best of it triggered me and I was like fuck off okay so basically what you're saying is that you think that this is like Matt knew someone in his life was depressed and was trying to write a song based on knowing that someone he knows has depression. No, they're just so freaking hopeful all the time. (laughs) Oh, so you're sick of how hopeful they are. Yes. Give me a little darkness. God. I think that this song is, uh, this song kind of suffers from something that a lot of other music in this genre gets criticized for, where it sounds hopeful, but the lyrics are bleak as fuck. And then this song, the music is more on the bleak side, and the lyrics are more on the hopeful side. Correct. 
I think that's cool. I think this song literally rocks. Okay, it rocks. Okay, yes, this is like in my top three fave songs on this record. Like, like the musical part rocks. I could just listen to the instrumental. And be yeah, fine. this song could easily be instrumental and be so Gorgina. Yeah. All right, so awesome. Turn this boat around. It rocks. We agree. Yes. <laughs> that was a very big question. <laughs> yes. I didn't want to speak for the both of us. There was a question mark on the end of that statement. <laughs> okay. All right. Track nine, Cinders. One, two, three, four. I think this song is really cool. This is on the verge of a panic attack, but um, <laughs> but I was fine with this one because they wanted to remind you that they can induce those panic attack vibes. Did they play this live? I believe so. I feel like I have seen them play the song live. I feel like there was like something wild that they would do in this song. I will as people like I will say, I am jealous of Matt's ability to come up with good keyboard melodies yeah he's a melody king like that is the hardest like and unique as well that's Mm -hmm. it's way harder than it seems and as someone him being someone that wasn't trained on piano or anything being able to do that you know props to him as, yeah, maybe I'm just a little jealous. Okay, so basically, so Matthew and Kimberly, if you're listening to this, every time Becca gives you a boot, that's because she's jealous. Yes, and don't forget, and they also inspire me. <laughs> yeah, that's right, your ambient career. Okay, yes. I think Cinders, I think this song rocks. Yeah, it rocks. All right, hell yeah. <laughs> that brings us to track 10. This song is about tour. <laughs> is it? It's about coming home from tour. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Well, I guess I should probably state now that I am coming out as someone that does not know what the song is about, that um, this was my favorite song, um, like, after a couple listens as a 19-year-old absorbing this record for the first time. This was, like, the song I remember very vividly telling Graham that uh, this is my favorite song, Graham being... Uh, Becca's older brother, who was a member of a band that I am in called Museum Mouth. Who is now a dad. Yeah, who's now, he is now has baby, he's now with baby. Wild. Um, I'm reading the lyrics, sorry, that's why this uh, awkward pause. I also cannot multitask to save my life, which is why I'm talking really quiet. <laughs> oh yeah, this is very tour. They got- But, okay, oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say- they got home from tour. Mm-hmm. Here we stand in the end. Hey, New York, here's our wolf-like shadow. Okay, these lyrics are so good. Also, as someone whose biggest fear in the entire world is werewolves, which has bred a very strange obsession with wolves and wolf-like imagery just in general, I will say that this song is a toot for me because of the wolf imagery. A toot? Yeah, we're tooting and booting. It's, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to cut this, but this is a drag race thing. Oh. It's also my cat's name. Right. With a wolf-like shadow. It's because Tor turned them into werewolves. Stop, uh, Becca. You what? know how I feel about that. 
Yeah, they're they're road worn. They left as sweet puppy dogs, and now they're back from tour, and they're literal wolves. I remember coming back from our little baby tour, and I felt like a werewolf. Yeah, I mean, tour could be three days long, and you still come back feeling wolfy, wolfington, <laughs> wolfy wolfington, compact disc. Oh my god! Yeah, anyone listening, if you've never seen the Howling Three, the marsupials. Um, that's homework for listening to this podcast because Becca and I have a deep appreciation. We have a lot of memories tied to that gorgeous film. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Emmy winning film, but Emmys are for TV. It's an Oscar oh. winner. Yeah. Jerboa, Jerboa, the first EGOT. Jerboa, the first Jerboa. EGOT from Australia. You know, okay, now I'm going to go off topic, but talking about werewolves... I'm so uh-huh. tempted to rewatch Hemlock Grove. Oh, Becca, you know it's going to be bad. But I've watched it before. I mean, so did I, but I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. Exactly. <laughs> All I remember it was being, ve- I was obsessed with Shelly. I thought Shelly was the most compelling character. That's the only then- thing I remember. Shelly. <laughs> Shelly. <laughs> I love that we share this sick disease where we only care about Shelly from Hemlock Grove. Um, but she, in season two, she, like, runs away. And then she has, like, a cameo where she, like, shows up and, like, punches someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. I'm but finding that's, like, her only cameo. A lot of things. So, like, I've been rewatching Buffy, but it's also, like, I'm watching it for the first time. It's been like five years since I watched the series, but I don't remember anything about it because when you're in a dark time in your life, you don't, your memory is like terrible. And that was a dark time in my life because I just graduated college and was living in Southport (laughs) (laughs) and working at (laughs) and I'm terribly sorry. This sounds like (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Becca. For anyone, this there's so much inside. There's like insider baseball with this whole pod. But um, for anyone that does not know, I am currently working at that coffee shop and cafe that Becca just <laughs> literally obliterated. Literally just told me sucked ass and was a terrible job that makes you depressed. And I kind of agree. Okay, God, I pray our old boss isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God! I, this actually reminds me. I told the story the other day. Do you remember that time that she had all of that that Greek yogurt that had expired, and she you ate you ate a cup of it. You ate a cup of it, and I had such a I have such a visceral memory of like watching you clock out and leave the shop and go get in your car across the street and looking out the door and watching you just open your car door and barf all over the ground. <laughs> I didn't know you saw that. <laughs> of course I saw that. Of course I saw that. It's so oh, funny. God. I I mean, I use that moment as reference when I'm feeling sick <laughs> these days. I'm like, um I'm crying. Uh, like recently I felt really sick and I was like, this is like the, the, the that I ate, I'll automatically feel better. (laughs) But I never did. (laughs) 
just that cup of yogurt. It's also crazy because like you ate it in like in a shift. You ate the yogurt and barfed it up all in one shift. And I feel like typically you have to digest a little more. <laughs> That's why it's a reference. It's like, I know how fast something, (laughs) like, if you ate something bad, how fast it works to leave your system. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that, like, I couldn't even finish my shift, though. I had a clock out early. (laughs) And it just, like, hit me so suddenly in the middle of a rush. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta go. For those listening, the yogurt was only expired by two or three days. It's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) It's really fucked up. Oh, yeah. Sweet relief when when I finally barfed. Yeah, so to this day, now that I have that job again, whenever anyone behind the line is talking about, like, something at that job making them sick, I'm like, oh, well, once upon a time, (laughs) I tell them that story. (laughs) <laughs> the legend of the Greek yeah. yogurt. <laughs> Becca, your legacy lives on in those four walls. Wow. I mean, I still like Greek yogurt, at least. Yeah, that's good that it didn't ruin it for you. Yeah. Just expired dairy products. I'm very wary of now. <laughs> she lived and she learned. It's life, baby. Uh, all right. So basically, to get a little bit back on track, ish. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how. Oh, okay. I was reminiscing on Buffy for some reason. And working at. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. So anyway, I, I can't talk it. No oh more. My no God, more. No more. No more. Just possessed by the devil. Yeah, you don't do the whenever you're like trying to get back on track or. Um, anyway i'll take us home track 11 track 10 track 10 i'll take us home it rocks it rocks it rocks and then um i know at the end of the album there's like a little like like daylight reprise remix Mm -hmm. how do we feel about that it's fine yeah it's fine it since daylight rocks this also rocks that makes sense in my opinion, yeah. Okay, cool. So basically, grand by Matt and Kim. Time for the final verdict. On the count of three, we will both say what we think this okay. record does or is. Is does. All right, ready? Right. One, two, three. It, it rocks for 16-year-old me. Dot, dot, dot. Also, Matt, his speaking voice, sounds a lot like John Mulaney. They have a similar nerdy vibe. And I wonder I wonder if John Mulaney's saying if he would sound like Matt Johnson. I could see it. I could see John Mulaney writing a song like um like For Babies. Uh, don't Don't Slow Down. <laughs> I love that we both sighed. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what our time is at. What's our time at? Do you know? An hour and one minute. Oh, wow. We're slaying. Slay. Buffy. In my universe, it's Buffy. And in yours, it's Drag Race. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. This season, this last season of Buffy I watched is so dark. When I think back about Buffy, all I remember is the Riley season. Riley sucked. 
I like Riley. <laughs> like, he was good for Buffy, but towards the end, when he was, like, getting his kicks off of, like, other vampires sucking on his arm or whatever, because he was, like, <laughs> so needy for Buffy and, like, wanting to be, like bad for Buffy and then Buffy ends up blaming herself for not being open enough with Riley and I was like no bitch he gave you an ultimatum like she she called out the issues when Riley presented an ultimatum and was like you can never love me but then Xander comes along because he has a hard on for uh, Riley as well and it's like Buffy you're doing the wrong thing go chase after Riley but then he leaves because Buffy gets there too late. And she continues to blame herself for the fall of that relationship. And I'm just like, no. Riley was so needy. But do you want to talk about Matt and Kim's relationship? <laughs> sure. I was going to say basically what you just, you just went on like an anti-feminist rant against Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But if you want to use that as a segue, sure, Queen. Um... Uh, I blame them for a false hope of what love looks like. <laughs> <laughs> love is actually um, an experience shared when one partner is playing the keyboard and the other partner is playing the drums. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well. Also, do you think that like they have any young fans or do you think it's all like 30-year-olds who are nostalgic for early Matt and Kim. I think that they actually probably have a surprising number of young fans. I feel like a lot of bands from this era, from, like, the, like, mid to late 2000s, like, we we entered as teens, but now we're old. Whatever. That's fine. We're not old. We're whatever. But, like, I feel like I have observed this with other artists of similar caliber where it's, like, you go on tour with an artist like that and you see kids coming to the shows. And it's like, as an adult that entered here, I'm always like, how are the kids getting in now? Like, you know, it's like, I don't see the door for the kids, but like, obviously there's a door there. The band didn't go away. So it's like, you just never know. There's all kinds of doors. Yeah. That aren't the door you walk in. I also think that if I were to go on a date with someone and they put on Matt and Kim... As like like modern like new current Matt and Kim, uh yeah I would it would be a turn off. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, no, this isn't for me. Matthew Kimberly, I'm so sorry she's saying this about. Oh my all. god, my friends Matthew and Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. I like people who evolve and and like come into their own. I this is terrible. You should cut all of this because this is just like me personally talking about my dating preferences and yeah, people. Yeah, your personal your personal vendetta against this band. But also, like, I'm hoping by. this podcast uh, gets me a boyfriend. So um, we're so we're we're both looking for love on this pod. Yes, looking. Okay, wow. <laughs> we're reviewing records. We're reviewing our high school iPod, but we're also looking for love. But like, but. I want the guy to also look at Matt and Kim in a nostalgic way and be like, oh my God, yeah, I listened to them in high school. But if they were like actively listening to them 
now, I would be like, oof. I feel like the right guy could sell me on current man cam. We'll see. That's where we're different. <laughs> we don't we don't want to date the same type of people, I guess. Okay. Well, Queen, I would hope not, but <laughs> <laughs> all right wow uh, i think we did it oh my god wow this feels so good we gotta leave i'm gonna leave a little part of this in because you know it's an accomplishment yeah and um i had a rubber band this foamy thing over my mic because this foamy thing you broke your audio queen you need to invest in your cable <laughs> <laughs> all right so subscribe to the patreon so i can get a new mic cable. it's so bad <laughs> it's so you're you're 500 louder than you were a minute ago Not i have 10 seconds ago oh my god why um i don't know i have one xlr cable and it's like 50 feet long for some reason and i need a new one because it's you probably had it sucks. since 2012 haven't you I'm like finally hearing myself and now I'm paranoid that I wasn't like on mic, but I'm seeing waveform, so it's fine. It's it's hot in here. I might just pass out one of these days mid yeah. mid up. <laughs> I want the audio of you passing out. Just like <laughs> Okay. Should we, I feel like we should have some sort of send off. Oh yeah. Am I quieter now? A little bit, yeah. You adjust your audio. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think this has been a huge blasty blast. <laughs> <laughs> That's your sign off. I don't know. Uh, I'm like, I don't think great. I don't think good on this. Oh spot. my god, I don't. Same, actually. Um. Uh. Do you write a send off? No. I see you flipping pages. There's a there's a list here of sandwich ingredients. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> White cheddar, lettuce, tomato, pickle chips, pepperoncini, mayo, <laughs> and multigrain. <laughs> that sandwich sounds divine. It is. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you so much for listening to It Rocks or It Sucks. My name is Becca High. That's Carl Kuhn. And tune in maybe next week for a new episode. Yeah. I think that was good. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm really hungry now. <laughs> yeah, the pickle chip sandwich. Sounds, Jeffrey sounds delicious. It's not I'm a starving pickle chip now. sandwich. It's a cheese sandwich. Baby, it's got pickle chips on it. Pickle chips, when pickle chips are in the equation, they override everything. When pickle chips walk into the room, you know it's pickle chips. The party don't start until pickle chips walks in. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.